Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. As you know, waking up today, there are many things going on in our world in which we live. We look through a biblical lens. We look at the signs of the times. We come up with an interpretation of what's going on. And it becomes very clear that believers all over the world, believers in Jesus Christ, believers in the gospel, believers in our heavenly father, the creator of heaven and earth, that his message is true. We believe in the message of the Bible, that there's really good news for people all over the world, for anybody who would believe, that can step into the eternal reality of our salvation. And we should all be looking and knowing the things that are going on in the world. And we've talked about it for a very long time. We're going to continue to do so. As you know, this morning, waking up, Hurricane Ida that hit made landfall over the weekend is now continuing its path, and devastating parts of our nation with record-breaking events taking place. And unfortunately, nine people have lost their lives so far, and there are rescue, search and rescue uh, operations going on everywhere. But that's true. A little two-year-old baby was also killed during the flooding. Uh, unprecedented, absolutely amazing. Uh, we believe that another hurricane is going to hit this country, and it's going to be worse than what we're seeing, that we'll see, time will tell. But this this is tragedy. This is tragic because millions of people in the United States of America are uh, uprooted, their homes, their lives, they're discomforted. They are not just living life as usual. But what are these floods? What is this that's going on with the pandemic? What's going on with, or the supposed pandemic? Uh, What's happening with all these fires? And what's going on with 
the unrest around the world? And what are we witnessing in Afghanistan? What is it all saying? What's the interpretation? Oh, there's always been things like this, right? Well, it's a, it's a culmination of events. It's an acceleration of more intensified things going on across the country, and it's just beginning. Now, what's really good news, what we talked about yesterday, is that the Supreme Court of the United States in a 5-4 decision, it should have been 6-3, by the way. Um, Mr. Roberts is not cooperating with his calling, obviously. But anyways, a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court got behind the ban on abortion in Texas. Today, right now, it is illegal to have an abortion at six weeks, okay, and that's just like a month and a half of even the, the knowing of the pregnancy, it's illegal to have an abortion in Texas. And all the money that was being funded to all those Planned Parenthood things uh, are being shut down. And now the left, literally, I listened to it about 30 minutes ago, on the left, CNN, asking about this, and Mrs. Northup, I think her name was, um, she's pro- head of the reproductive organization. She said that this was so cruel that the Supreme Court of the United States of America was so cruel to have banned abortion and got behind the state of Texas. Cruel. It's not cruel that 90 million innocent little babies have been ripped to shreds out of their mother's wombs and their body parts used for cosmetics and the abortion industry being a multi-billion dollar, if not more, industry around the world. No, that it's not cruel what was done to the little babies, but in their mind, in their they're thinking it's really cruel that they stopped the mass murder uh, in Texas, and they're concerned now that this may sweep the nation. However, has that stopped the flooding? Has that stopped the storm? Has that stopped the judgment that is in our nation? Absolutely not. We are witnessing again this massive flooding. There is another event coming. I could, I could assure you of this. There is a disaster that is coming upon our nation. It's going to happen very soon. It's going to be a disaster of a magnitude that most people could not even imagine. They're probably looking at this going, oh, my God, this is unprecedented. As the homosexual mayors are getting on the news media and they're crying out in their homosexual tones about how terrible everything is in their community. Well, it's going to get really, really bad for our nation. It's already been bad, but a lot of people didn't take note because they were caught up in the frenzy of their rebellion against God. But the times are coming where you're going to start to hear the lamentation, the groaning, the moaning of a world that has rejected the good news of the gospel. And saints of God, you need to be ready to go through this moment because, you know, it's a war and it's all going to turn around and it's all going to fulfill Bible prophecy. And it's happening before our very eyes. For As a matter of fact, let me just read to you some scripture, what I interpret to be going on with the flooding right now and the hurricanes. And there's been a lot of them. I mean, the last five years, there's been a lot of this stuff going on, right? But it says in Luke chapter 17, verse 26, I want to begin there, Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. So what was going on in the days of Noah? Obviously, the whole thing is about flooding, right? Now, we know that the end of the world as we know it today, is not going to be with a flood. It's going to be with fire. We get that. But Jesus did say that as it was in the days of Noah, along with all the activities that were going on in the days of Noah with the fallen angels and all these different crazy things, that God actually regretted that he ever made mankind. So 
So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be, or shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. What were they doing? They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. All right, so what is the revelation of the Son of Man? Revelation chapter 6 says that the kings of the earth who are hiding in the dens of the earth are seeing the Son of Man in heaven, and they're saying, who shall hide us from the wrath of the Lamb? Okay, so this is the beginning of the revelation of the righteous judgment of God upon a rebellious, disobedient nation or people around the world. So are we witnessing the days of Noah? Is, are these like the days of sodomy, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Absolutely. We are living at a very precise reality, the promotion, the advocation, the sponsorship of abortion, and homosexuality, sodomy in our nation, sexual perversion, very real. We are that nation, and it's all over the world. So what we're witnessing in the form of these judgments is God's warning to all people who have an ear to hear and an eye to see and a heart to understand, wake up, pay attention, tune in, don't black out and say, well, just this will pass soon, and then we'll have a nice, bright, sunny day. In fact, the next disaster... That's the word, disaster, that's going to hit our nation. It's going to be heartfelt. It's going to go deep. I believe that we're about to go to war as well. I believe that God is saying that there's another, this is my belief, okay, that another hurricane, and this may have been the one that we were talking about. This may have been it because of the widespread damage that it's doing. It may be the one. But when we were talking the other day about something spinning off the coast of Africa, and now another storm has spun off the coast of Africa, and it's making its way west, well, it's possible that that particular storm, if it ever does gain ground, which they're watching very carefully, it may fizzle out and be nothing, but the winds would be coming at the nation at over 200 miles per hour, 200 mile per hour winds. Where will it hit? Will it hit? Houston? Will it hit Galveston? Will it hit Louisiana again? Will it hit Florida? Will it hit North Carolina? Will it hit New York? Well, Ida is kind of sweeping through much of the eastern part and the southeast and the northeast part of our nation. And so we don't know where that next one would go. But if you could imagine 200 mile an hour winds making landfall and beyond, and the widespread damage of a monster hurricane, probably unprecedented, uh, that is the kind of disaster that we are picking up in the spirit. And it also has something to do with war. Obviously, you hear guys like Lindsey Graham on Fox News talking about, well, we're 10 times more vulnerable now that we brought all these refugees into the United States over in Virginia now and Wisconsin and we're kind of unprotected. The enemy has come in. We have an open border. And everybody's talking about it. And I don't want to preach Fox News or CNN or anything like that. Just reporting on the signs of the times. We're not to be ignorant. But it's obvious to me that there's probably going to be a great war. The third wave, as God revealed to us, 
back in 2020, that there would be four waves. The first wave was the planned pandemic. The second wave was anarchy and civil disobedience, which we saw all throughout 2020. The third wave, as we understood it, would be war. And the fourth wave would be lights out. And we have seen power outages through these storms. Again, a sign, a wonder, a premonition, something is happening where people are not having power. Now they're saying for months in particular parts of the country. New York is flooded. Pennsylvania, parts of it, both states, parts of them, flooded. You saw the images. You saw the flooding. You saw what's going on into Boston area, into Maine. It's going to be in New England. Parts of storms everywhere. And it's unprecedented times. But look at them from and through the biblical lens and understand that these are the things that God said would be happening prior to the coming of the Antichrist, which will happen prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to extend our vision beyond all of these things that are happening, not ignore them, but we have to have strength and faith to know that beyond all of these events, that we, the body of Christ, believers around the world, we're looking forward to that event that's going to change everything, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherein the dead will rise from the graves all over the world. We who are alive and remaining will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. And then we will go as God begins to pour out his wrath in Revelation chapter 16, 17, and 18. And then after the wrath of God is poured out upon the nations of the earth, then we will return with the Lord to set up his millennial kingdom. The Bible is very clear. When does the Lord come? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. What tribulation? The greatest tribulation that Jesus talked about that has never been before and will never be again. My God, there have been major tribulations throughout the church age and beyond, but there's one coming at the end of the age right before the Lord returns that is going to be more intense than ever before, will never be again. You and I are the final generation, obviously, Israel becoming a nation. We're the ones that are here. We need to be paying attention. We need to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. We need to be having our heads lifted up for our redemption draws nigh. But we also need to be wise virgins preparing and getting ready to walk through the midnight season. So all of that to say, more is coming. More is coming. And the Spirit of the Lord saying, do not pray for this nation. Do not pray for these people. What a hard word. Talked about it the other day. Do not pray and do not let your emotions connect to the sorrow that you're about to see all over this country and other people around the world. Listen again. Do not allow your emotions to gravitate to the sorrow that the world is about to incur. Do not get emotional. Do not connect. Do not flow. And as far as praying, you do whatever God tells you to do. He told me, do not pray for the nation. And I think he's right, because the time of trouble is here after their blasphemy against God. This is our government in 1960, 61, 62, saying we don't want God in our society anymore. We don't want God in our public schools. We want separation between church and state. They made war with God. They opened the door to the Woodstock movement. That opened the door to free sex. Everybody was getting pregnant, so they passed a law for abortion. 
and now everybody can have sex and be stimulated and have a baby and then kill it because they don't want to be responsible for it. And so all these years of bloodletting, bloodshedding, sexual perversion, which started with Alfred Kinsey in the 1940s and 50s, don't forget that, with his perverse ways of educating and promoting pornography and all this crazy stuff that he did, which opened the door to the rock and roll movement, and then came the 1960s, government making war with God, then came Woodstock, then came abortion, then came the, you know, all the things, and, and look where it's led us to. Now we're here, and sorrow, lamentation is coming upon the nations, but what's so amazing is how people could be so deluded to think that it was cruel for the Supreme Court to stop abortion in Texas. It was so cruel. That was cruel. It wasn't cruel taking a hanger into a woman's womb and ripping a baby out of her womb. That's not cruel. It's not cruel to suck the brain out of a little baby while it was squirming. That's not cruel. What was cruel that they stopped it? This is the delusion going on within our society and the people in the upper echelons of our society that allow for such things. Really, my goodness gracious. I am, well, I got to stop right there. I want to go any further. Now, disaster is coming. And we see flooding, we see the days of Noah, we see the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, we know what's going to come. We see a pestilence that's not going to be put off, they're going to keep using it, they're going to stretch it out as far as they can. Then, that is going to be distracted by the third wave of war. America is going to war, internally and externally. War has been decreed. It's going to happen, and it's going to bring massive loss of life. It's going to happen right here on this continent, and it's going to spread around the world, and it's going to explode and accelerate eventually into the war recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 9. And according to the book of Revelation, that prophecy, that war that's going to be started here very soon is going to escalate, and it's going to take about a third of the population of this earth. Before we get there, the pandemic, the flooding, the fires, the violence, all the other things that are going on in the world with nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, a turmoil uh, body of uh, citizens around the world, the sea and the waves tossing, uh, the sea of humanity is in all kinds of turmoil and chaos. This is real. This is not make-believe. These are the very real things going on in our society, and the Bible predicted them so that you and I, we should be getting ready. Now, are you in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now? Or are you kind of just kind of moving like lingering lot? You cannot be a lingering lot. You cannot hold on and Mrs. Lot saying, oh, I just love, I built my nest here in Sodom, and I, I want to hang out, and I really don't want to go away. And so God says, go, but don't look back. She looks back because of her affections were there, and she turns into a pillar of salt. You cannot linger when God tells you to move. God's spirit must put a witness in your spirit, and you must know what God is saying, but not allow the emotions and the deception and the darkness to hesitate or cause pause. You've got to move at the word of the Lord. It is critical for your life and your family in the name of Jesus. So you've got to be moving by the Spirit, at the right place at the right time. Now, we thank the Lord also. I've been looking for the video that we saw when we were away last week 
Uh, and I, I guess it was just supernatural. We're sitting there. We have YouTube TV on. We always look for documentaries or uh, end-time Bible prophecy. And we turned on YouTube, and this man came on with the breaking news. And there it was, 1,600 Jewish people went to the Mount, the Temple Mount. There were clashes with the police, and there were uh, the, the Muslim guards and the Israeli guards. There were, there were clashes, and the Israeli guards were helping the 1,600 people go onto the Temple Mount. They were singing the national anthem of Israel. Why? They want their temple back. That is a huge prophetic sign to all believers around the world. When you see this movement of individuals in Israel, the Jewish people, going to the Temple Mount and praying and singing, which the Muslim guard was pushing back and some, you know, some violent things broke out, pushing them back, well, there's a movement because Israel wants its temple, and it's going to have its temple, biblically speaking, a temple that the Antichrist is actually going to walk into in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, but the world is going to go, oh, the church has uh, its buildings, its church buildings, Christians have their church buildings, Muslims have their mosque, we Jews want our temple. So they're going to get the temple, and the world's going to go, oh, they finally got what they wanted, let's give them their temple, and it's going to create outrage, there's no doubt about it, but that temple is an act of defiance and rebellion, as you've heard me say before, against God, because God, when they have the temple, they're going to reinstitute animal sacrifices, and they're going to go back under the law, rejecting the Messiah. And so that's why the Antichrist will walk into that temple. The true temple of God is with men. The true tabernacle of God is within you and I. We are the ecclesia. Our hearts are God's house and home. So the true temple of God, uh, however it's going to be in the future, whatever God's doing, I saw, you know, this this. This temple of God in the spirit in Revelation 21. We're going to get into that most likely during the Feast of Tabernacles. However, uh, this is what we report. Now, here's the key, okay? The key to this moment is what is God doing at this moment? What is God doing? Well, what I can share with you is that God strategically According to his calendar, he knows the beginning and the end, doesn't he? Do you think 6,000 years ago, God knew, saw, heard, understood what's happening in the world today? Do you think he foresaw the exponential rise of technology? Do you think he saw that Israel being scattered for 1,900 years would be regathered in a final generation? Do you think that God knew that travel was going to increase around the world, that men's hearts would grow wicked, that men would have itching ears, heaping teachers, telling them smooth things because nobody really wanted to repent and carry the cross or whatever? Okay, do you think God knew this moment? I do. I believe that God knew it. And I believe that in his calendar, he precisely marked set times to gather his people together, literally to call them out of the world, out of their business, out of all their things that they're doing, to separate themselves unto God, to celebrate his feast days, okay? And we are now 20 days away, or 19 days away, from the Feast of Tabernacles, marked on God's calendar. So, while all this turmoil is going on in the world, and we don't know what the next eight days, nine days is going to bring to our country, uh, we don't know what other events are going to transpire between now and the Feast of Tabernacles. But what we do know 
is that God circled it on his face, and he's calling hungry and thirsty saints who have nothing but love for him and a desire to go on with the Lord and become everything he's created them to be, to become a hundredfold people, to become the gold, not the silver, not the bronze, but the gold in nature, in character. God is wanting to gather together his elect, and he's calling all of his kids to come up to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, that is what I believe is very strategic at a moment, and it happened last year, the year before that has been going on for 3,500 years. We have been in rehearsal from uh, the days going, uh, it goes so far back. There's been rehearsal for a time where God will be one with his people, okay? And I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to teach on the Feast of Tabernacles yet because we have something very special that we're going to lay forth during the feast. The point is, strategically, God calls his people. Those who honor him will flow to him. They will seek to understand, break bread, fellowship, be ministered to, minister, engage, come out, leave the world alone for seven days. Leave the world alone. Come out of her, my people. The day has to come. Come out of her, my people. The day came for Israel. Come out of Egypt. The day is coming. God's going to call his people out. He does it every year by calling his kids out three times a year for Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles, to come and celebrate, to remember, and to look forward to. We remember Passover. We remember Pentecost. We look forward to Tabernacles. That's the only feast that has not yet been fulfilled. And it's going to be fulfilled, and it's beautiful, and it's a picture that is awesome. You need to learn a little bit about it. We're going to be laying it out during the Feast of Tabernacles, and I'm sure all over the world, wherever the Feast of Tabernacles will be celebrated, there's going to come a dawning and an understanding. Not If you keep it under the law, if you keep it into religious mindset, and you just kind of outwardly try to produce something, that's not where the real meaning is. The real meaning is very rich in the spirit, in the intrinsic inward parts of each one of us. We'll leave it at that. Strategy. How about at a time of chaos and confusion, swirling events, biblical end-time events spoken of in the Word of God, that God calls you up into the feast for you to celebrate Him with others that are seeking the same God, serving the same God. God equips. He has a strategy for your life to succeed to learn how to navigate through what is coming, to be unafraid, unoffended, equipped with spiritual weapons of warfare, to have the word of the Lord in your heart and in your mouth, to walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, manifesting forth the glory of God, being a wise virgin, having oil, lighting your lamp, navigating through the dark season. This is strategic for your life, strategic for mine and for all of us. And this is where God relays things. I mean, he gives every weekend at a church service, but something about the Feast of the Lord, where he gathers all the people from all the different parts together, there's something elevated that he does. We've been witnessing it for years. And I believe that's one of the reasons why we're still moving forward in the purpose of God in our lives and our ministry, okay? So strategically, you don't want to miss the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you can't make it to Northwest Arkansas, you need to make it somewhere where they're going to relay to you 
what that strategy is by the Holy Spirit. Now, as far as the Feast of Tabernacles is concerned, all the information that you need is on our website. And I'm going to go ahead and bring that up right now. On our website at NWM Global. So here you go. Uh, let's go into the NWM Global. Here's the one. So I wanted to have another one there, but that's okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So the website is nwmglobal.org, and you'll find out everything you need to know about the Feast of Tabernacles. So nwmglobal.org. O-R-G. Go to the Feast of Tabernacles tab. It'll tell you the times, the speakers. It'll tell you the places, okay? Uh, if you need information, you can contact us. It's all there. And it will begin September 20th, Monday, and it will end the following Monday. The morning, we'll gather together for our final meeting. It's going to be seven days of just God bringing forward and producing things for your life that you will need, spirit, soul, and body. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. I only had so much time this morning. I wanted to just give a little update about things going on. And so I'm going to have to say goodbye now. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. We're getting very close. Keep your eyes open. and Keep your head in the heavens. This is Pastor Vince. Make sure nwmglobal.org is where you're going to find out all the information if you'd like to join us here in Northwest Arkansas, okay? So we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. God bless you.